Betsy with the Dickey Foundation, and you're listening to Dickey's Doing Good, the podcast where we tell good stories about good people doing good things in the community. I'm thrilled because my guest today is Lori Stevens. She's the founder and executive director of Patriot Paws Service Dogs. She's also a professional dog trainer with extensive experience helping veterans and their dogs, and she founded Patriot Paws more than 16 years ago. Thanks so much for joining me today, Lori. Hi, thanks for having me. So for those folks who don't know you quite as well as I do, uh, tell us about yourself, your work with Patriot Paws, and how you came to be where you are now. It's one of those jobs that uh, truly came from a dream. Uh, My son had left and gone into the military. I had just watched Saving Private Ryan. And uh, feeling like, what do I do? I was a professional dog trainer and a veteran from the, uh, that was at the Dallas VA. Uh, him and a group of gentlemen were trying to train their own dogs. And they contacted me and asked me for some help. And it was like, oh, perfect. This is what I need to do. And I never knew how to start a nonprofit. I'm a workaholic, somebody says. <laughs> and so I started a small doggy training academy, training people's pets and training people and working part-time at Petco to train family pet obedience there until Patriot Paws could stand on its own two feet. That was 16 years ago. Uh, that's what we've been doing. <laughs> so tell me more about Patriot Paws and, and what the, the work that you do and the, the work that your team does here. Our team is we specialize in service dogs for mobile disabilities. Uh, that's our ultimate goal. There's a lot of service dog organizations out there and we wanted to focus on veterans and first responders and uh, my specialty where I had learned to train was training dogs for mobility disabilities so when the veterans at the Dallas VA they were all in the spinal cord injury department and it was just a perfect fit we've placed hundreds of dogs in the 16 years Uh, we've also partnered with Texas Department of Criminal Justice where we train the female inmates how to train the dogs. And then, oh, how many years ago has it been? Since 2008. 2000, and no, that's when we went to prison, but we started a men's unit about five years after that. And uh, now we train men and women how to train the dogs. And we're a little different from a lot of organizations because we're small. We need to keep our eyes on all the dogs. So puppy raisers only get to keep the dogs for three, three to four months, and then they'll go to prison for three to four months. Well, when they went to prison for three to four months, we realized they were getting what we call institutionalized. So then we partnered with a bunch of college kids, which today she said she had 180 <laughs> college kids down at Texas a and So our dogs rotate from here to prison to college, college to prison, back and forth and back. That way, every three to four months, we set our eyes on those dogs. Uh, We have two full trainers down at Texas A&M. We have two or three trainers that run back and forth to the prison programs. So our dogs have a minimum of two full years being trained. Uh, This is from everything from flying on a plane to eating in restaurants. Uh, I think they were all headed to the dark train on one day. So they are as customized training that anywhere a veteran will go, this is where these dogs can go. And we could do them a little bit faster, but we want to make sure that we're the best of the best. We keep it small, keep it concentrated, and 
we when a veteran gets a dog from us, he's part of our family. Mm-hmm. So we set eyes on that veteran and dog every year, at least once a year. We do follow up. They can come back. We have two weeks a year. They come back for boot camp, so they can come back for additional training. And then uh, we do in-home visits. We make sure they all have veterinarian care. We have our own veterinarian clinic on the property. Uh, so if they're local and they want, you know, they need some assistance with something, we're right here for them. So this is to us, it's a lifetime commitment. We don't just give you a dog and say, see you later. Mm-hmm. We are here and we have two people and it's their job just to call you and check on you. <laughs> <laughs> so they follow up just continuously. So a lot of people wonder why, well, can't you do more and more dogs? Well, say we did 25 this year. We do 25 next year. That's 50 dogs that we follow up every year. We do 25 the next year. That's 75 dogs we're right. following up with. And so it's it's growing slowly. We're just now getting to the point that some of our veterans are coming back for their second dog. My goodness. Uh, so it's a never expected to start a nonprofit. And as you can tell, <laughs> I've had two or three people tell me I'm not the normal CEO. <laughs> <laughs> the, the chief everything officer. I, I love the chief everything <laughs> officer. That's going to be my new title. That's one of my next business cards. Uh, because you do. You do a little bit of everything. But a lot of the... Um, I always said over the years, the only two things dog trainers agree on is the other dog trainer doesn't know what they're doing. <laughs> and I always say because they forgot to ask the dog. So one of the things that also makes Patriot Paws a little special is when the veterans come for their 10 days of training, the first week they work with all the dogs that are up for graduation. And the trainers watch the dogs and they see what dog works best for which person. Because if you take the time to listen to the dogs and let the dogs pick their person, then they're more likely to pick up on their night tears and their... uh, anxiety levels, their post-traumatic stress. And so the first week they work with all of them. And then that first Friday, we tell them which dog's going home with them. So how do the dogs pick their person? They work better for you. Uh, If you let them off loose in a room, which veteran do they go to first to see? Uh, Which ones do, how many times do you have to tell them sit? How many times do you have to tell them down? You know, how much eye contact do you get from that dog? Uh, Whether you choose you over another dog that's in the room, all of those kind of things are important is to listen to that dog. Uh, If, you know, my dog is down here almost snoring, but if I did something (laughs) like an, uh uh-oh, I've got both of them popping their heads up, looking at me. Gonna stretch first. <laughs> uh oh. For our folks listening, in, she dropped her keys. She dropped her keys yeah, on the ground, and now the dog has picked them up and returned them to her. That's and it's that simple because they can be sound asleep, but if you say the cues that they want, they're gonna pop up and do what you said. Even the old thirteen-year-old dog got up out of her, her bed to see what Mama dropped. Well, that's pretty remarkable. Uh, I'm pretty sure if I dropped my keys, my dog would just look at them and be like, are you going to pick up your keys? Or can I run away with them? (laughs) (laughs) So it's it's kind of an interesting concept. So, but like I said, we've had veterans that live in Kentucky that needed us to do in-home visits, five different veterans. So once they get a dog, 
uh, here for two weeks and they go home for two weeks and they're not allowed to take their dogs out in public. You just got to give the time to bond with the dog because that's my goal for every true working service dog is building a bond and a relationship with that dog is how the team's going to work. Is they take the time to build a relationship with their dog. And so then after they go home, then one of my trainers just spends a week with them and not necessarily in their house, but in their in your community. And they go out to the VAs with them. They make sure every one of them has a veterinarian uh, to take care of the dogs. And the, dog, the veterinarian knows where the dog came from, you know. And uh, then we also, if they go to work, we go to work with them for the day or we go to the, whatever their favorite thing is. Last couple weeks ago, I got to just sit a day on the beach. That's not bad. Because we had a, <laughs> a veteran that was on double amputee mm -hmm. and he wanted to enter his, his dog. He loves the beach. He was getting used to his double prosthetics for walking on the beach. And he wanted to see what his dog would do with all the waves and all the little birds that are on the beach and all this kind of stuff. So I went out to the Gulf Shores and sat on the beach for the day, but I was actually working. I was working with the dogs <laughs> and I was working how he, there was some little bird that they called them like sandpipers or mm -hmm. something. The dog's in a downstand, this little bird's running right up to your, your blanket or your towel saying, hey, what you got, Betty? And you're going, oh, you know. Uh, so it was truly watching to see how the dog would do because he was on double prosthetics mm -hmm. in a very unlevel ground and sand mm -hmm. and everything. So we needed to know what the dog would do when he took the dog in that environment. So that was my follow-up visit to say, okay, so let's go, you know. So yeah. how did the dog do? Excellent. Even my little kids were throwing frisbees right past him, you know, <laughs> uh, right past her and stuff. And it, it was an interesting experience, but we stayed out there for a couple hours and took a break because it was a little bit overstimulation. Uh, but he's going to work it in small doses. And now he knows that the dog's just not going to lunge after the waves because you know how they come up one way after the other. Mm -hmm. This is a word we do do Labradors. And uh, so it was an interesting experience to train for. But that's part of the customizing. So anytime that they need help or additional, hey, and dogs always learn something, whether it's good or bad. So it's always, I want them to feel comfortable enough that they can call and say, hey, what you doing? Or can you help me with this? And if we can't do it over the phone, we will be there. That is wonderful. I love that you all are doing that. So what what to you is the best thing about being at Patriot Paws? Like if you can, your perfect day here, what, what's the best day? Spending time with the veterans mm -hmm. uh, or listening to them uh, tell you the difference, getting the text messages from them, telling you the difference. Uh, one of them was at a VA doctor the other day uh, and he got counseling. He was a little stressed out. And uh, the dog picked up on it and got in his lap and started letting him pet him and letting him cuddle on him. And the counselor goes, she'd never seen a true service dog recognize post-traumatic stress before to that extreme and what the dog picked up on. So watching those, watching the guys smile, they all come in here and they're very structured and they're very nervous. They're very quiet, seeing what's going on, like they don't know what in the world's going to happen. But by the time they leave here, they're laughing and they're cutting up. We go through so much coffee, <laughs> um, you know, all this kind of stuff. So it's just to watch the changes in them, to watch them. Hey, I don't know what I would do today. I, we were at the golf tournament 
and one of our veterans was there with his dog and he was playing with this other this you know team and one of the guys that was on his team i went by and took all pictures of all the teams and uh was taking his picture and he came up put his arm around me he says i want to tell you something and this was just a conversation he says I want you to tell you, I've never seen such a change in that young man's life as it is when you got the dog. That's my favorite part about Patriot Paws is I can't tell you why it works. The VA is on their fifth research study. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody thinks the Paws Act was such a great thing. Uh, guys, it's just a research study. <laughs> you know, another one. And uh, so, but it's... They've studied it and studied it and studied it. And you can't, you don't understand how a dog can tell when you're having a knot tear, how a dog can tell when your stress level goes up. But it's all about the relationship and bond. And if I can teach the, the veterans and their families to work on that relationship and bond, then we'll see the difference. Absolutely. I mean, I know, I mean, I, I have a, I have a dog at my house who's only, you know, moderately trained, but it is the kind of thing they, they sense when you're stressed and they sense when they, when, when you're upset. So obviously with your dogs being so incredibly well-trained, that that's, that's really remarkable. Well, and they are dogs. And that's why we say, once you give you a dog, you are adopted for life mm -hmm. because, you know, we had a veteran that, uh, was too much work for him to deal with a dog and he put the dog in the backyard every day and just leave it by itself. And, this $35,000 dog learned to run up and down with the neighbor's dog and barking and barking and barking. And then when you took him out in public, guess what he did? He barked at other dogs. Mm. And so they are dogs. So it has to be a bond. It has to be a relationship. And there has to be communication. Uh, and it has to go both ways. But the biggest thing that's the most rewarding is to see the positive change that it's making in these veterans' lives. So what's the process for a veteran who, who wants a dog? I mean, as you said, you do all, you all do about 25 dogs a, a year and there's, there's a lot that's going into them. Well, we do have a waiting list, but there is a, the old saying, you get what you wait for uh, or you work for, because we want, we want their reputation of being, when you got a Patriot Paws vest on, you know, you got a good, well-trained dog. And if you have any problems, you know, you've got the backup that you need to have it on. And so, but I forgot the question. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. How veterans can, can, can get a dog. What's the process? The application is online. Mm -hmm. uh, you download the application. We have a veteran, two veteran coordinators. One is Lib and one is that. Uh, you send that here to them. You call, ask for the veteran coordinator and they'll walk you through step by step. And I mean, they help you with everything you need. Of course, we need a copy of your DD-214. And uh, you just call and talk to us and start getting that application and they'll tell you how to, you know, we've got to have a doctor's note, you know, and all these kind of things to do. But uh, it's, we make it as painless as possible. It is a process like anything else, but you've got people that can answer that phone 24 seven. Um, Zach took a couple of days off and guess who took the cell phone home with me? That phone <laughs> ring. If that phone rings, somebody will, will answer it. And uh, so that's the veteran coordinator's phone, and he's got it with him, like I said, 24-7, and we're here. So sometimes they don't fill out their applications until 2.30 at night when they're not sleeping. <laughs> and that's okay because we have that, you know, we answer those questions because 
I've even gotten those phone calls that night. Hey, Lori, I didn't have to spend the night on the bathroom floor because either he got help or he got my chair, you know, and things like that. But take the time to do your homework. First of all, fill out the application, send it to us. Any questions, any concerns, call and talk to us. You also have a really innovative prison program that you all do. Tell me more about that, how that started. And it, it, it seems like you're, you're doing great things for veterans, for dogs, and for those folks who are incarcerated. One of the former TDCJ uh, chairman of the board happened to see a little newscast on what I was trying to do and what I was trying to get started. Well, again, it was an EM4 volunteer. <laughs> and so when we did it, she saw it and she mentioned it to the director of TDCJ. Uh, and so they they started doing their research and i'll tell you the secret of how i think we got the job <laughs> i have a black lab named Bo, and i never go anywhere without a service job and uh, we were in this big meeting and we had a conference table longer than you would ever want to believe a conference table was and there was three or four other organizations there and so we get there and i would go in and my dog went under the table and laid down and this is about a two and a half hour conference just to see because they've never had a service dog program in their prison before. And he talked when the director came in, of course he said, I'm sort of talking to everybody. And we all had good questions, you know, to answer and everything. But when we got to get up, I rolled this chair back and then my dog's tail went thump, 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 thump <laughs> under the table. He stopped, turned around and looked at all of us and he says, do you mean there was a dog under that table for two and a half hours and I never even knew he was in the room? <laughs> well, first of all, I didn't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing. So I'm kind of going, yes, sir. He uh, goes with me everywhere. And he, I was the one they called back to come. The other thing that made it the difference is he wanted to know what my requirements was. Well, first of all, I've never been to prison, knock on wood. <laughs> and I said, so he wanted to know where, you know, I said, first of all, you're, you decide where you want me and I'll make it work, you know, because I don't want you to put me in one that's going to kill me, all this kind of stuff. Uh, but so he chose one. It is 168 miles from my front door to their gate. Huh. We could have found one slightly more convenient, yeah. but, but, but there you go. <laughs> uh, it was actually, the unit was named after that former chairman of the board of uh -huh. uh, TDCJ. And so we started out with, we were going to go in one unit, and two of the units in the same town were arguing about which unit was going to go in it. Both wardens wanted us in their program. So immediately, instead of just going into one prison, we split off in two. So that was interesting, <laughs> and it's done nothing but grow since then. I mean, it's uh, I'm very proud of TDCJ and all that they do to work with us. And uh, there was a great story about Patriot Paws. It was called The Greatest Bond, and uh, they had some good conversations with the wardens how the how it made the difference, in, uh, even on the units. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I think one warden would have a really rough day and she'd go down and get puppy kisses for a couple of minutes, you know. And, I mean, I think puppies always make it better. Yeah, so uh, it was, it's been an interesting experience. Uh, my son, once time, his teacher told him, I'm calling your mom. 
And he goes, you can't stay because she's in prison. <laughs> so I do have to explain every once in a while when they say, oh, I won't be reachable for the next two or three days I'm in prison. They all look at you like, okay. Uh, but I love the prison program. And I kind of like it because there's no cell phones available. And you can, no computers and no internet. And you get just time to do what I love to do, which is train dogs. And so it's it's a win-win for Patriot Paws. Uh, they learn on-the-job training. They learn energy skills because they get to be interviewed. They get to be hired. They get to be fired. Uh, <laughs> and so it's just it's just an interesting concept uh, to do it. Uh, the women's unit's a little more drama than the men's unit, uh, but the men's unit. They just work their tails off. I mean, it's just amazing. It is a volunteer position. Mm -hmm. uh, they can't demand that they be part of the program. They literally have to interview to be part of the program. And it's a 24-hour day, seven-day a week volunteer job because you've got a dog to take care of. It's just mm -hmm. like having a baby. I might put a three-month-old puppy and you have to get up and take it out at 2 a.m. in the night and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, uh, But when they get out, they get on-the-job training certificates. Uh, some of them have worked with, uh, have their own grooming salons, and some of them do their own, uh, some work at vet clinics and shelters, and it's just been an amazing. And the greatest thing is our recidivism rate. Used to be very high for TDCJ, but now it's kind of equaled out a little bit. But out of all the ones that we've done, over 300 inmates, we're lucky if three or four of them have gone back into TDCJ. Mm. Not saying that we're the only reason they didn't go back in, but I'm saying it it looks really good for, to TDCJ. They like us to follow our numbers, our statistics, and uh, I think they're very proud. Well, and you're certainly giving folks a real, real marketable skill. I mean, they, these are now trained dog trainers that, that can do that. And as you mentioned, they are working in, in various animal service fields. Then. They are. They, and uh, it's good for them to send me letters or comments that they're working now. Some of them are doing their own dog training. Uh, some of them, they, if they're not dog training, they got the best well pet in the neighborhood, you know, and that, that kind <laughs> of, of thing. course. It's, it's been a win-win. It's really had. That's so wonderful. I love that. So how can folks help Patriot Paws? Spread the word. Be educated about what a true service dog is. We all know that America, the airlines have struggled lately with emotional support animals compared to a service dog. Don't be afraid to talk to the person with the service dog. Uh, because one of them was in a wheelchair one time and uh, he said when he became in a wheelchair, he became invisible because people don't know what to say with him. You know, you were raised like I was raised. You don't look, you don't stare. You know, if you see someone with a disability, but talk to the person before you talk to the dog. <laughs> <laughs> so, but um, whatever, he really did. He was really excited that he wasn't just the poor guy in the wheelchair anymore. It was the guy with the cool dog. And so learn and be educated and understand the difference of what a true service dog is. And uh, then, of course, we're a nonprofit, so that your support is always welcome. Certainly. So is there is there a dog or a veteran story that really kind of sticks with you that, that just is one that maybe changed how you did things or really touched your heart? There was a young lady that came in. She had a very traumatic experience in the military and uh, traumatized so much she never left her home without her mother or her spouse. 
and for months and almost years that she wouldn't leave her home. Nowadays, you can order groceries right up to the door and stuff, and she wouldn't, a uh, very smart young lady, came here to the point, someone walked up behind her, and we'd find her in the corner or in the bathroom. She'd be throwing her guts up. Her stress level was so high. And she uh, got her dog and started going out with the dog and started talking to people again. And within two years, she had uh, decided to go back to college. Now she's got her PhD. She is one of those scientists with numbers and letters behind her name like this. <laughs> she is remarkable. She's going to work every day. Her dog's going to work every day with her. And that was probably the most largest turnaround I have ever seen uh, in all the career that we've had. She has just been uh, from that traumatized from what she was experiencing in the military she was a medic, so she had seen a lot uh, while she was in the military. And she just didn't want to function in today's world anymore. And But to bring the dog, she knew she had to walk him. She knew she had to get out. Uh, we started requiring you got to at least get in public twice a week with him or he's going to lose his skills. And a couple of years later, she's gone back to college and she got her Ph.D. And... She's working fabulous, and she'll come up here every once in a while. <laughs> That's incredible. I cannot explain to you why they work. I can just prove to you fact after fact after fact that they do. Veteran after veteran after veteran, they do make a difference. Somebody says, when you walk home, who's the person that's going to meet you at the door and wagging their tail? You know, whether you're late, whether you brought dinner, whether you got fired or not. They don't care. They're going to be there for you. So we figured it up one time. This has been a few years ago. But our chairman of the board did some statistics. And for home health care, you're spending forty to sixty, sometimes $80,000 a year for an eight-hour-a-day person to be with that person. But when we give them these dogs, these dogs cost us approximately $35,000 from wow. puppy to after graduation and we give them to the veterans free of charge we don't charge them anything their investment is to come see me for that 10 days because i believe it's like if i gave you this pen it's really cool but then when it gets old you just kind of put it up here and it's kind of it loses its value so there's got to be some buy-in to it mm -hmm. so their buy-in is come see me for 10 days and follow up with my trainers and my all those kind of stuff but uh it was average and it was a dollar sixty-eight a day that you're given a veteran someone to be with it 24 hours a day seven days a week to open doors close doors pick up dropped items we've trained dogs to do dishes we've trained dogs to help you get dressed we have a gentleman who's in his 30s lost both his hands he had a seven-year-old child he had to ask his child to pull up daddy's pants he wanted that independence and freedom back to go to the bathroom by himself. So when he got here, not only could the dog pull up the pants, he could zip the zipper very carefully. These are what we call specialized custom service dogs for the veterans especially in need for it. I've had veterans that come through their training that had post-traumatic stress and back injury, 
and they'll see someone walking around with double prosthetics or double amputees or all this kind of stuff and they say, I don't deserve this stuff. Yes, you do. You gave your life just like others did. Uh, so any veteran that served from the Vietnam War all the way to today's time, uh, we're here. And you have to invest in us because it takes time. But we're more than willing to open that door and let you come in and be part of our family. That's incredible. So you have helped so many people and changed so many lives. Who are two or three people who really helped you and made a difference for you? This lady, <laughs> Terry Stringer. She's been on my board since I started the program. Uh, and then as it grew, again, you saw today, I'm more of a doer than I am a sitter. <laughs> so I'm up doing stuff. And so not everybody understands that about an executive director. <laughs> Why you're not in this conference when you're supposed to be and you're out scooping poop? Uh, because it needs to get done. I am a doer and I need someone that can communicate uh, to have my back 24-7 and uh, that loves the passion and the mission as much as I do. I took what took me four and a half years to talk her into it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, but anyway, the ones that help me the most, it's the ones that have the same passion and realize you're not doing this to get rich. And it's not an eight to five job. And I mean, I, she was at the movie Saturday and I'm calling her, a veteran lost his dog, we've got to run, you know, go find the dog, you know. <laughs> Did we but find I, the dog? Yes, Okay, found just the dog. making sure. Uh, that that's something we do, you know, um, I've got connections and if I don't, I'll find them, you know, uh, but I'm going to recommend that he gets a tracker on his dog. I've got one of mine. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, but it's, it's just, it's just people that care. You know, if you come to do this because you want to be recognized, this is what you do. This is not the place for you. Uh, because you have to let go of you and start thinking about them and others. And uh, that's my goal. That's what I, I'm happier doing things for somebody else. People sit around and they worry about, oh, me, 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 me. If you got up every day and you focused on, okay, today, what can I do for somebody else? You're going to be happier and the person you help is going to be happier. Just like you're doing, you're telling stories of all the organizations that are out there helping others. That only starts is when you get up and go do it. You know, I thought, what would I ever have done if I hadn't started Patriot Paws? But there are p people in their 70s that walk in this door and they say, I can't dog train, but what can I do to help? <laughs> well, I'm the older generation that we were told to write thank you notes, mm -hmm. say thank you. So even though everything's computer genera generated, <laughs> You'll get an electronic thank you or a computer thank you. I've got little old ladies and people that volunteer for me that will take the time to also handwrite them a thank you. I got this so sore on my finger for the rest of my life that I used to take, literally take every donation home with me and handwrite a thank you until I couldn't do it anymore. Oh my goodness. Every night I would sit, I've got this custom box, custom desk. I sit here and write. Well, my husband watches TV. I'm writing thank you notes. And so it's all about doing something for somebody else. I don't, like you said, you're a reporter, news podcast person, <laughs> and 
talk to her, talk to him, go talk to somebody else. I did start it, but it's not about me. I couldn't do it without everybody else. I couldn't do it without the Terry's or the Rick or the Paula's or the Kathy's or the Tammy's or the all these people that give their time uh, is what makes Patriot Pauls who they are. Uh, I mean, I've got one person once a month, I get an envelope with $1 folded in. It might be a newspaper. It might be an article. It might just be a piece of paper, but they give me $1. Uh, it's someone they care. They do. They're sending uh, what they can. And I count every penny and we're trying to be very responsible for everything that we do. And we want to help the veterans. We want to be here for them. You know, again, and who was it? Somebody did the budget one time about, I say the dogs cost me $35,000. Well, I have to pay trainers. Mm -hmm. I have to travel to all the locations that we're shown. We gotta feed them, we gotta care for them, we gotta take Medicare, all that kind of stuff. So that's your $35,000. Mm -hmm. So who pays for the rest of the life of that dog, all the back follow-up visits and all that? You know, okay, I went to Kentucky four times. Okay, we went to California three times. Okay, we have to do that. So it can cost us $100,000 or more per dog for the lifetime of the dog. Wow. But that is not what we advertise because that is what we do. And that's what Terry does when she's sitting in the movie on Sunday afternoon and I'm, I'm texting her, there's a loose dog. You know, uh, it's, <laughs> it's about, and she answered. Uh, so it's about caring. It's about giving. And it's about, I mean, the old saying, freedom's not free. Somebody gave something, you know. Uh, and this is just what I can give back. I love these guys, four-legged <laughs> friends. And I'm a proud American. And... If they ask for help, so I can't go fight, you know, in a foreign country for this country, but I can fight for, do what I can for the ones to come back that did. I love it. And your passion is so evident. It, it just absolutely does come across. So I've got to ask, what's next for you? What's next for Patriot Paws? Well, we're uh, even more expanding because unfortunately the dogs are passing away. We've been 16 years, the last couple of years, some of these dogs that we placed to the start are now passing away. So we're extending our veteran relationship. We're bringing some of the newer veterans and some of the older veterans or ones with service dogs together. So, and educating them that just because something happened to the dog does not mean you're not part of our family anymore. So it's, uh, what she call it? Uh, Laura calls it mission something. Uh, oh, mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. So we've started mission accomplished. But the other thing that we're kind of branching out into, Lord willing, we don't have to do it very much. But uh, when there's a national disaster within Texas, mm -hmm. they have therapy dogs that go in. Well, I have a hundred dogs, you know, that are in training. And uh, we're talking to the center uh Texas Emergency Management. Mm -hmm. They can get therapy groups to come in for about two hours. Well, some of these locations are set up for two or three months mm -hmm. where they need some therapy and some stuff. So we started a Patriot Paws Cares. So we're still training the dogs, but some of these dogs that are in training can go visit and do these things for more than the two hours because these dogs are trained to work all day long. Mm -hmm. So they can go in and visit with one person and then go over and visit with another person. And that's part of their training. 
is to be in a stressful environment. How are they going to handle that stressful environment? Uh, so Texas Department of Emergency Management wants to work with Pause Cares. And if there's ever a national disaster within the state of Texas, uh, we will go out and spend a week with them. And we can be ready to go in 24 hours because we already have the trainers. We already have the dogs. You just got to tell us where to go. Uh, plus, while we're going, we're still training. You know, we're still training the dogs. So it's kind of a win-win. Uh, still focusing on what we're doing, but why not take work the dogs that we're working? And uh, so just we have, helping more people. Just helping more people. <clears throat> and we've been blessed with some police departments. We all know what what they're going through right now, and uh, the stress level that the police departments are under, and things like that. And that's a catch twenty two. But that's part of being a big proud American. You know, they have a job to do just like anybody else. We may not always agree with the way they do it, but. Two dogs trainers don't agree what they're doing anyway. So, but well, in the Dickey Foundation, we're all about helping protect first responders. So I, we completely so, understand. So you know what they're going through and the stress they're going through. Well, they, we've got a couple of police departments that have, ask us to come out and visit. And we do it about every other week. And not too long ago, they had a very stressful day. They were preparing for a very stressful event that was fixing to happen. And we happened to walk in with two adult dogs and two puppies. And you could just see the stress melting mm. off of these people. Because puppies fix everything. Puppies fix everything. <laughs> I mean, even the biggest, toughest guys can get puppy kisses. Come on. <laughs> and so men and women that were ready to get busy doing something. And that's part of Paul's care. You know, if you don't mind having a puppy, you know, that's in training to do all this, come walking through the building, you know, then call us and we're, we're coming Uh so, but we're still training them for what they're doing. Uh, who was it? I just knew McGruff, the big old police dog. McGruff gonna, the crime dog? Uh, was going to scare some of these puppies to death, but they just gave him kisses just like anybody else. <laughs> I love it. So that's where we're growing is to use what we're doing and our natural skills to train dogs to uh, these dogs still, even though they've been part of Patriot Paul's Cares, they will eventually be placed with a veteran or a police officer, uh, first responder. And so it's working. Uh, we knock on wood. We just started this this spring because of COVID and everything. Uh, we haven't been called out anywhere, uh, which is a blessing. And okay, we need to do something. Uh, but that's kind of what we're doing right now. That's incredible. I love the work that you all are doing. How fantastic. So at the end of our interviews, we always uh, bring it back a little bit to Dickie's. So I've got to ask Dickie's Barbecue Fit, what's your favorite meat, favorite side? Oh, I like the, of course, I'm more for the rotisserie chicken or smoked chicken. Mm -hmm. uh, and then y'all have some kind of potatoes that are really good. I don't know. Baked potato casserole. That's it. <laughs> there you go. potato casserole. So, uh, yeah, and there's one right here in Rockwell. So there you go. So we have a veteran that came in from West Virginia. Where's Brent from? Virginia, West Anyway, he works at the Pentagon every oh, day. Wow. Uh, but he was down here, and when he was, he says, where's the nearest barbecue? And he found Dickie's. So, oh, good. <laughs> uh, so he even got people from New York coming down here to Dickie's Barbecue. All right, so we're going to go into our lightning round. I'm going to give you two choices, and you're going to give me my, give me your favorite. We'll, okay. we'll start easy on this first one. Barbecue beans or jalapeno beans? Jalapeno beans. Sweet or unsweet tea? 
Sweet. Uh, they're true Texan right there. All Absolutely. the way through. A little <laughs> spice and sugar. All right. All right. So chopped brisket or sliced brisket? I like chopped. My husband eats sliced, but I like the chopped brisket. Okay. Sauce or no sauce? Oh, definitely a little sauce in the chop. There you go. And brisket or pulled pork? Oh, brisket. And last but not least, ribs or wings? Ooh, that was a hard one. I like both. Uh, Today, I'll say the wings. <laughs> today, it's wings. I love today it. Wings. Well, thank you so much. My guest today has been Lori Stevens, who's the founder and executive director for Patriot Paws Service Dogs. Lori, thank you so much for everything that you do uh, for our country, for these dogs, for our veterans, and for the community. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. It was great that we could share our stories with you. If you want more information about the Dickey Foundation, feel free to visit thedickeyfoundation.org. And if you want more information about some of our great owners and the great stories they're doing, please visit dickeys.com. We look forward to seeing you next week where we'll continue sharing the good stories of good people doing good things in our community.